Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy 14 Square NX podcast, episode 90. Ten away from a hundred of these damn things already. Holy hell. Woot woot. I know, right? I'm your host, Mike yeah, Byrne, a.k.a. AKA <laughs> Magic Man, as always. And as mentioned, this is episode 90. If you're listening on iTunes, Audible, wherever, or watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Give us a like, a thumbs up, a positive review, comments there. Feed the algorithms. But most importantly, if you like what we do, tell a friend. You can head on over to the website right at the bottom of the screen, readycheckradio.com. In the upper right's all the socials, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. Go follow those. You'll know when we're going live with what, whether it's a streamer or a podcast. And you could hang out in our chat and talk live with us. Joining me to go over all the news this week in the world of Square Enix, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkov. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. Um, all I want to say is, um, you know, lottery's almost up. Just a few more hours to go. Um, don't bid on my plot, okay? I want my house. Don't bid on my plot. I'm the only one. Leave it, leave it alone. You're the only one on your plot right now? Yes, sir. It's a large. There you go. Congratulations. Hey. Congratulations. Hopefully, I, you know people are going to snipe it. You know that's what's happening. I, I, I'm we looking got those, at it right now. We got Lottery number one. That's eBay it. snipers. That's what's going on. <laughs> also on the line, Adam Lane. What's up, Kronos? What's going on? Yeah, they, they do wait till the end. Yep. We had the one next to our house, and I think it was at like two. And then like the last day, it went up to like 100 or something. Oh, jeez. So just keep an eye on it. Uh, I hope. Uh, good luck. I hope you get it. I hope you do, <laughs> too. I hope you do, um, too. Yeah. I'm fine with my medium house. Like I had the opportunity for a large check, because I've had it for years and years, but had the opportunity for the large, and I was like, ah. I don't decorate housing in MMOs enough to really spend the gill. I could spend this on other things. So <laughs> I'm just going to get with the medium house. Uh, yeah. Good luck. I mean, I know Fusion yeah. is, I think, still looking for a house, too. And this is all anxious from the lottery. So all of our uh, friends here at Ready Check Radio, we wish you well in your housing lottery endeavors. Obviously not a lot of news this week in the world of Final Fantasy fourteen with 6.3 just coming out last week. All three of us had pretty much burned through most of the key content and talked about that on last week's episode. So if you want our thoughts on the MSQ, the Alliance Raid, any of that content, head on over and watch last week's show. You can find them on readycheckradio.com and on YouTube and all the podcast places. But one thing we didn't talk about, and we did touch on it the week before when we were kind of reviewing the patch notes and we had little snippets of, or the live letter, and we had little snippets of things. Now that it's been a, a week, I, I know, you know, I personally don't care because I don't roll these classes, but it is always interesting to watch them. I know Mr. Montoya, the Tarkoth one, does want to kind of delve, dive into a little bit with the um, the Paladin changes so now that we've had some of the reworks for paladin warrior tanks and things like that what are you seeing a week and a half into the patch here tark uh, i think we went offline hey, you're here. fine just go okay um yeah it's some uh, meaty changes the paladin rework um was pretty significant um they still kept it the same kind of aesthetic 
Um, but now they, you know, they're in that homogenous burst window meta one minute, two minutes. So, um, but they did get some defensive buffs and which I thought was pretty significant and quite a few changes in, uh, machinists surprisingly. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to the other class. I mean, the big ones, the big ones were the warriors. So, or the, uh, tanks. So we'll, we'll come back to the minor changes across the board else. Let's stick to the tanks though. Kronos, what are you seeing with some of your friends that tank? I know you don't really main a tank unless you're just, uh, Helping me clear some well, stuff, being bored. I was, I take DSR. Well, all right, all right. I stand corrected. Yeah, you know. Then I stand corrected. Yeah, I was, I was Dark Knight in there. Um, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Paladin rework. I think it was kind of lazy, personally. Uh, How so? Just feels relatively the same. There's still like, I think <laughs> they cut buttons from like other classes, but like then they just don't do it with others. And I think Paladins in a weird one they got some nice defensive stuff i think it was much better but like i don't think they really got any more interesting than they already were as opposed to like other reworks that we had where i feel like some things changed and there was like some stuff to learn and like some interesting like intricacies whereas this is just like i don't know like they turned goring blade into just a a button you hit once a minute for damage right that does less damage than blasting zone so it's like kind of weird uh, I think they're probably in a better spot be just because now it'll be easier to balance them all together. Um, but I, I like the defensive changes. I wish they had taken a little bit more risks with the DPS changes just to like make them more interesting, but it felt like maybe they wanted to kind of try to stay true to the old rotation, but it's still not the old rotation. They also like, I find it weird that you're, they would design a, a skill that gives you sev- like several stacks, but you drop them on purpose because it's better. That just feels like bad design to me. Uh, so I hope they like address that. But I, I don't know. I'm just not, like, I'm not feeling it to be honest. Like the palette reworked in general. The other changes I think are great uh, in the patch. But I was well, hoping I mean, for more. Let's I start think. with uh, your white mage, guys. Your white mage. Your uh, ass size has been <laughs> decreased. I mean, I guess that's good. Like, you know, you lose weight yeah. and your ass size goes down <laughs> a few a few times. Now it's decreased to 40 seconds. Noticing the difference out there, Tark? Uh, the problem with the size is they still need, uh, they need a stack. They need a stack of a size. Oh, you so always you can... stack ass size. Like, <laughs> always. Anyways, they, they need to get a, a second uh, usage out of it so that you can maybe hold it for a heal but right now you're just blowing it for on dps so if, if you get, get three stacks stack, do you call it thick at that point yes yes like if the ass but size two, has three, three stacks then it's three you have C's you stuff. have a thick debuff or a thick buff yeah. yeah but right now it's just one so let's just get it to two how about that i mean that's a, you, you got to start somewhere you got to yeah. start somewhere sage sage yes. changes for you guys i know you want to talk about these tark Oh my god! I I've been saying since I started raiding with Sage that can we just get Flegma down to forty seconds? Because then I can use one, and then I can save two for the burst window, and it it would feel a lot better to like double Flegma. And they finally did it! Finally did it! I'm so thrilled. But that took away some of its movement abilities because you're saving it for burst windows, um, and that I think that was their intention that you can use Flegma for movement. Well, to counteract that now whenever i have a group shield and it expires through damage uh on myself i get an adder sting 
for more Toxicon. So that gives me back my movement. And it kind of also, uh, in, in a roundabout way, makes the mana efficiency of my group shields better because now I have a mana-free DPS uh, usage. So I'm flooded with Toxicons because I, I play you know heavy on shielding. So um, I'm thrilled with Sage. It's awesome. Feeling the same, Kronos? Yeah, I think both those changes are really good. Uh, especially the adder sting change, honestly. I mm. think that's probably the most important one, in my opinion. It's going to matter a lot in Ultimate, I think. The fact that they're going to get an extra movement ability every time they shield during downtime, and they don't have to, like, triple shield to try to get them all back. So I think it's a nice change. There are some other changes. I don't want to turn this into a, like, let's review every little change show. Uh, I think we got a much more interesting topic coming up. <laughs> um, so... Uh, obviously, like Riddle of uh, Earth nerfed uh, on the monks, some Dragoon timing, bards and stuff. But I, I do feel like, Tark, I, I, I said, hey, I'll let you get back to it. You want to talk Machinist because the Wrench Mage is back, baby. Wrench Mage is back. So they got some more utility, dropping damage uh, on that. Throw that wrench, get that animation going. Feels good. Um, but the, I think the bigger change to them... Uh, was finally removing or moving hypercharge and that heat, you know, mechanic uh, to stacks now and extending the the timer. So um, now you don't have to worry so much about your ping being god awful. You should be able to get your five stacks um, without running out of time. And then they extended wildfire to I think six stacks. Is that right? It blows up at six. Yeah, it blows up six. So now now your wildfire hits harder too. So. Um, that with the coupled with the potency increases, machinist is in a much better place. I, so I gotta ask this, like, and this like goes back to uh, other changes we've seen in maybe the distant past. In in some of these examples, though, when you see timers on buffs extended or parts of buffing yourself or or allies during a rotation being key to that class's identity and their their own personal rotation, then you see them kind of i mean in some cases literally patched out right like uh black mage enochian right i mean that used to be yeah, okay. critical Fair. timing popping that at the right time making sure you kept those stacks up getting your things okay now it's it's off a cooldown boom do it again like it was critical there was a huge difference between an average player black mage and a higher tier black mage and a one percent black mage in how they dealt with the minutia, keeping Enochian up. When's the right time to cast it? When's the the time to use your double cast? And so again, going back to the past and working our way forward. When you see that type of stuff happen, and, and some of these updates, even for machinists, kind of feel the same way, opening the windows up a little bit, giving a little more time for things like that. Does that make you feel in any way, Kronos, that like the jobs start to lose their challenge? almost to play not that you can't readily see the difference between an average black mage and a good black mage or an average paladin and a good paladin but when you start okay you know what you don't have to click the enochian button anymore and we're gonna do this and with the timers does it start to feel like are we building the classes to the lowest common denominator and is that really what we should do in an mmo maybe it is maybe it isn't I, I, i'm not decided at the moment but what do you think? I mean, you're talking to someone who probably prefers Heaven's Word job design. Mm -hmm. So, mm. um, 
I, I agree with that to an extent. This is obviously their goal, though. I don't necessarily disagree with it. It lets people like get into the game easier, at least get into like the harder content. Yeah, and it's hard, easier. it's hard to argue with, hey, you have 14 million players. Build it around the 12.5 million yeah. players that are your average casual players. Like, I can't I, fault them for that at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely personally miss, like, the more, like, for lack of a better term, like, riskier gameplay where, like, when you messed up, you, like, felt it more. When you mess up now, you kind of just move on. Um, and, and you yeah. can mess up kind of bad, but it won't, like, affect you that bad mo for most jobs especially now after the paladin change paladin probably was the one left where like when you messed up it felt horrible and now it doesn't feel that way anymore like two minutes <laughs> right yeah. and to cal bringing up the usual point right is of tuna to raiders is that what you're talking about no i'm not saying tuna to raiders but if you think back to enochian or harder rotations in general you were still able to clear the normal dungeons, the normal trials, and in some cases, the extreme trials with no real problems besides learning the mechanics and learning the fight, whether you had a top-tier rotation or just an average rotation. The, the minutiae that I'm talking about really came into play for those more difficult pieces of content, the ultimates and stuff like that, where you needed a black mage that could fire, and that, that was it. So having the harder rotations for me wasn't like, oh, let's tune the game to the Raiders. No, you were still able to clear all the casual content with those rotational penalties that you're talking about, Chrono. So it wasn't going to cost you yeah. the fight no. in a dungeon no. or in a trial no. or anything like that. So I think you can have both. You can have a riskier, maybe a little more complex rotation without these kind of, all right, we're going to take these out and take these out. Um and and still cater towards giving Kronos a little more challenging rotation that pays off in the ultimate challenge of content. But if you're not great at that or you don't feel like learning it or you you're fine for the normal content I, I, anyway. I think also just my personal opinion, you can have jobs designed in a way where like for the people that don't want to put that like you can have Oh, 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 oh okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to interrupt you. Fence sitter okay. Fuck you. Uh, that has, there is nothing that I just said that is fence-sitting. I literally just said, you can build this both ways. And AKA, they have. It was yeah. this way at one point. You can have both without sacrificing a more casual player's experience, maybe not wanting to delve into learning the rotation to that degree, and providing a more challenging slash riskier rotation that pays off only in real dividends in the harder content that the more casual person isn't going to do anyway. I would say Heavensward and to an extent Stormblood was like that. And Shadowbringers is where you start to sell like Cal and I are going to arm wrestle <laughs> after this show. <laughs> yeah. Shadowbringers is where they move more toward like, we want to keep everything kind of in line with each other, which I get because the more jobs you add to the game, you don't, because my biggest thing when I say all that, I say all this because I prefer the jobs to play that way. But at the same time, I don't want a job to be shunned from a piece of content, which I think is also part of their goal for what they're doing now. And right. when you have jobs that are like vastly different and you keep adding two jobs, three jobs, every expansion, it becomes really, really hard to meet that goal. But if you keep them relatively, <clears throat> excuse me, similar, it's a lot easier to rein them in and keep them playable or like, I don't want to say playable because they're all playable. They've all been playable with the maybe like two or three exceptions. But like to keep them like in line so that people aren't upset over the how 
big of a difference it is. But I also think even when you go back to Heavensward and stuff like that, you could have jobs that were on the easier side and like players could go to those jobs if they don't want to necessarily put in the extra to like, for example, like you could play like Heavensward, I don't know, monk or something as opposed to playing like Heavensward machinist who had to do like rocket science. Like yeah. you, don't, you don't have to like <laughs> go all the way to the other extreme. There's like, yeah, you can, you can go to the other job. And I've played other MMORPGs over the last, whatever, 20 plus years where it's like, okay, that's not exactly the best beginner class, Tark. Uh, you know, I, I understand you want to do range magic, but X class is not exactly the best beginner class where you don't really have that in Final Fantasy. Are some jobs arguably at a higher level, harder than others? Sure. When you start hitting the ultimates and things like that, there are jobs that have advantages. Some are easier, a little bit harder. Fine, I'll give you that. But for the overwhelming glut of content in Final Fantasy fourteen. I just feel like maybe it misses a little something where there isn't that, hey, that's a little harder job. Maybe start with this one or, but 12.5 million or whatever the number is now. Who knows? The actual numbers. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I get it, but I just worry that you get to a point where it feels like homogenized, right? Where, yeah. what, what class do you want to play? Eh, pick whichever one looks pretty to you. Well, wait yeah. a minute. It shouldn't feel <laughs> that way. Like I, I want the classes to feel very, very unique. different and unique. Yeah. Uh, no, I get uh, both of your guys' points, and I, I do feel that they, you know, every once in a while you get a job that just gets a, a little bit out there when it's with its skill ceiling. Um, let's mm. take Summoner in point. Um, you know, to play Summoner in, in Shadowbringers was just this mind bending. Like, all right, I, I got. 20 you know input rotation that i gotta max out to to get that you know best dps to, to really um make myself feel valid in this piece of content um and now they've you know lowered the floor and lowered the ceiling with the current iteration of summoner i find summoner to be a lot of fun though i i like its identity at where it is um but i i do fear you know things like dragoon right now i think are in that spot where you know you have you know, t 10 buttons you could press for your rotation, plus all this off global cooldown stuff. And I kind of fear for it in 7.0 because I know they're going to rework it there. And I fear that they're going to do a summoner job where they're going to lower that ceiling and uh, the, the floor and the ceiling um, to make it more approachable. Yeah. Um, so now to Cal in chat, maybe we don't have to arm wrestle because he is absolutely right about this. And you oh, mentioned he's gonna, he'd whoop you anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, and Kronos, you had mentioned this too, that unfortunately, whether you like them or not, raids play a huge role in this. It's that absolute unwillingness to let a class fall out of raid viability um, yeah. that, that leads to this type of design. Baron Vagabond bringing up a good point in chat too, that it, the game, and we've talked about this on the show before too, uh, in other contexts, but in the context of job management here, the game does a wonderful job of onboarding you and showing you the ropes and giving you the tooltips and the green notification symbol on every single thing. But it really does not do a good job of saying, all right, you are at the max tier of your power. Here's how you can up it even more to take on the next challenges. There really isn't a nice you know, learning curve for jumping from you know an extreme trial to an unreal um, or to an ultimate, I mean. 
Um, oh yeah, no. There yeah. just there just isn't. Uh, it's you know, you're the mercy of going and watching community videos if you want to take that leap. Uh, and there's great videos out there that'll help you do it, but there's nothing in the game. Baron Vagabond, absolutely right there. Absolutely right there. Yeah, I agree with that. <sighs> it's it's it sucks. I mean, but I the thing is, uh, I don't know. Like, they I think they do a good job for the most part of they balancing. They do. They do. But it's yeah. like, um, yeah. I mean, you know, it it does suck a little bit. But at the same time, I don't. I just don't want to see like. I mean, it it happened this last patch, not three, not point three, but point two, where like you <laughs> saw party finders, where like people were like, yeah, no machinists, yep, ostracized, no machinists, no paladins, yeah. and and I think that's the what you definitely don't want. So like that, I think that's their reasoning for doing it this way. So it kind of sucks that we saw it so recently, but um, yeah, I think that's really it. It doesn't always work. All right. Let's talk about some other Square Enix news. I mean, I feel like you all know what's coming if you've been watching the news on final on the mm. Final Fantasy front this past week. So this rumor started on 4chan, from my knowledge, made its way to Reddit and Twitter. I'm going to be reading from Ann Space Wise or Ann Spacey's uh, Twitter. Andy kind of just posted the whole 4chan thing up. Uh, we know it's Final Fantasy's 35th anniversary. Right this year, we also know that uh, the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth team has mentioned that there was going to be another big Final Fantasy announcement that had nothing to do with Final Fantasy VII, and we kind of speculated that that might be the Final Fantasy IX remake from the "No, don't believe this Nvidia leak." Leak. These are just <laughs> placeholders that we came up with for testing stuff. But every single one of those games so far, with the exception of three or four, have been confirmed or flat out released by now. So we know that that's a thing. Well, this rumor speculates on a presentation coming up. Received orders from the FIGS translation of the Final Fantasy Anniversary presentation. Happening on February 7th, I'm not green texting this, press is getting early access to announcements on February 22nd, the runtime will be an hour and 24 minutes, and it'll open with a Final Fantasy history presentation. So maybe the date and stuff like that changes and stuff like that, but I think this is a fairly safe rumor, right? There's going to be a 35th anniversary presentation at some point, it'll probably have a lot in it, so an hour and a half or so doesn't feel all that ridiculous. And it would open with a Final Fantasy history presentation. That makes total sense. It's an anniversary celebration. Where we get to the rumors portion of this, besides this presentation existing, is what's going to be shown off there. So we're going to take these one at a time as they appear in the rumor, gents. And let's 1 to 10 scale it on the, is this true or not? 0, not a chance in hell. 10, this is absolutely happening. The first one is the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Oh, wait, 10. That already happened. They're getting ready to ship. They're going to show a promotional video. Okay, so far, so good. This is how you make a good rumor, by the way, if this is totally fake. You put some <laughs> nuggets of truth in. <laughs> put the facts in, yeah. Theat Rhythm Final Bar Line promotional video. That's already confirmed as well. We've known about that for a while. Hironobu Sakaguchi presents the Final Fantasy IX remake. Ooh. And that it's coming this fall. I don't know, Tark. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, by the way, this entire thing reads like an absolute 
teenage wish Final list. Fantasy wet dream, right? Like, yes. <laughs> just it's it's an absolute wish list. But Final Fantasy IX remake, Hironobu Sakaguchi involved in the presentation with a date of this fall. This is the one that piqued my interest the most. Um, I would give it a seven. I would give it a seven that this is true. And I'm coming like, this fall? I, I, you know, we heard about the NVIDIA leak so long ago. What was it almost two years ago? A year I, and a half? Two I years? I feel like this would have been leaked all over the place by now. Screenshots, yeah. voice actor stuff, something. Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm very hopeful for this one. This one, I, I put in a seven. What do you got, Kronos? Can I rate them separately, the fall part and the remake? Yeah, because I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> okay, because this fall, that's like a two. Yeah. There's no way it's this fall. Yeah, I but nine so remake, too. I'll give like an eight, seven or eight. I think that I that actually, is yeah, a... I think I would give it a little more if I'm going to break them apart. I'd probably put it at a nine, almost a ten. At this point, that's got to be an absolute yeah. thing. There's just too much true in the Nvidia leak for this to have been a fluke. If you, there's no, well, just just on like what we kind of know. If it came already, out in fall, I'd be stunned and very happy. I, but I'm oh, going to put if, that at like a was, two or a three too. If I was breaking them apart, like, you know, with the NVIDIA leak and all that stuff, I would put it at a nine. And the full part, I would put it at zero. Like, okay, okay. I, I was melding zero them together safe, yeah. to make a seven. Right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, the thing is, is like, we know seven remake is like slated for yeah. like late winter. If this came out in the fall and then that comes out, there's just that to me already rules it out. Sandwich, you know, after, you know, uh, 14 expansion and Final Fantasy 16. Although, like, if it is this fall, if this is true, that makes me think it's not a full-on remake. That personally, I, that's just because if they, we would have seen it by now. If this is like a full-on remake and it's coming out fall, but if it's like just has the word remake I in mean, it, I mean, if it was coming like, out in fall, pre-orders would go live in like probably February yeah. to March. So yeah, I still give fall the 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 low score, but I I feel like the the nine remake is absolutely a thing. It's just a question of yeah. when at this point. World of Final Fantasy II, A Mog of Light, May 19th, 2023. God, like, I, I felt like we sh they should have announced this, like, a month ago or so. You know, like, this this is coming up in four months. You should have been uh, promoting this and advertising yeah, this but already. World of Final Fantasy just kind of fell out, too. It was just like, hey, this is coming out two so months later. Fun. Here it is. I, it is a fun game. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm amazed if they're doing another one, honestly, because it didn't really sell all that well. Uh, so it, it's not exactly the type of game that needs a full Final Fantasy PR media blitz. Uh and honestly, I kind of hated Lon. Uh, <laughs> the main characters are not good. Yeah, the <laughs> but, but the gameplay is fun. Good. The gameplay is fun, though. It is. But, yeah. I would like to see this. I don't. It may make sense because I don't think they need a huge blitz ahead of it. But it's also one that May is May nineteenth is literally four months from today. I feel like we would have seen something. Uh, yeah, that's like a, a little a little trailer a little confirmed in development not not even showing us the game tark but like yeah this is in development we would have seen it on a slate somewhere if nothing else I, i'm gonna put this one at like a four i don't think this one particularly combined with may 19th 
I'd be kind of surprised if they were making this. I, I don't think the first one sold very well, and you know how Square is on on did not meet expectations <laughs> from us. Yeah, I feel like, though, even when it doesn't meet expectations, that doesn't mean they're not going to make a sequel to it, because they do do that. Yeah. But um, Or they sell that company, but, you know. I, I, I can see this one springing up. I'll say a six, because I can see it. But this is another this is another one I think that's on the little on the weird side. But like, I don't know. I th- I think that game getting a sequel is fine. It's just weird that you would release it four months from now and not sh- say anything about it. By the way, if everything on here is true, combined with everything we know is going to be released from Square this year, it is like mm-hmm. the busiest year uh, for Square Enix, yeah. like ever, ever. Kind of save up money to get the NFTs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want. Uh, I'm going to separate it again. I think the, the title itself is like a six or a seven, but the date, like just because they haven't promoted it at all. And I know you, you think that they don't need a, a big push for it, but the date just, I was, uh, I'm going to put that at a three. Just, just cause I, I, did they, does anybody remember them promoting the first one? Cause I really don't. Well, now that I think about it, I, uh, I feel like the game just kind of came out and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it, you, you like I right said, there. like I said, it was. I, that's why I said earlier. I said they they ran yeah. some trailers and then it was out like a month or so later. It was. Yeah, so, it wasn't yeah. huge thing. Uh, stories from Evilly's War of the Lions slated for summer twenty twenty three. I f- mm. I feel like if you're gonna go that route, they probably do the tactics remake, right? And this would be the the what the PSP is that what it was for? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know what the, I don't know what this is. Well, that's what I'm uh, I'm talking about. Like, yeah, is this a brand new one? Is. is this a brand new War of the Lions Stories of Evil East thing, or is this slight rename of a Tactics War of the Lions remake? Yeah, I, I feel like it, I feel like it couldn't be if you were going to do something new here. I feel like you go with Tactics first as a remake. Because there's a whole generation that has no idea what Ivalice is, provided they haven't played Final so, Fantasy fourteen. I feel like the fact that Final Zodiac Fantasy Tactics, yeah, I feel like the fact that like Final Fantasy Tactics isn't in this name anywhere mm-hmm. leads me to believe that it's like adjacent, like or maybe it's not. Maybe it's Final Fantasy Tactics, but not a tactical game, which made me very sad. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because like it just feels like COD Deliverate with the wording. Like I know War of the Lions is the PSP game, right? And, and War of the Lions is also just like the the war that was in the original game. Yeah. So it's like, is this just like a different way to play the story of tactics? That's where my mind goes. I don't know if that's true. It's hard to say. I, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm not gonna make us score this one since it's kind of hard to tell exactly what they're they're doing here. The next one though, Final Fantasy Ten Three, they're gonna uh, show off as now being in development. Now being in development. Can I go back just for a second and give my opinion? What was banded about in in my raid team is that maybe this is like the start of a compilation of like remasters. So you get War of Lions. Maybe they mess with Vagrant Story. I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. And then they have the two uh, DS games, uh, the Tactics, Tactics Advance, that they could remaster and put on Switch. I'm like, that's... Very interesting. I don't think that's I think that yeah, true. I was gonna say I think that's more but. wishful thinking than this rumor <laughs> is. <laughs> this rumor is there's no way they're touching vagrant story ever again, sadly. Um Final Fantasy ten three 
expected uh, in this rumor to be confirmed in development. Now, <sighs> talked about it before. Yeah, and Business Creative Unit One has said things like they, you know, they have the story penned. You know, they really want to do it, and there's voice actor stuff. And to me, ten three, uh, this is another one of those nuggets of truth type deal. Uh, 10-3 is going to come at some time, whether you want it to or not. I don't know if it's going to be confirmed at a presentation this year or not. Flip a coin, as far as I'm concerned. Will we see it at some point? Probably. Have some people been working on it here and there? Uh, yeah, I'd even give you that. I know Creative Unit 1's wanted to do it for a while. At least their leadership has. But honestly, 10-2 was... You know, I'd rather them do something new, I think, personally. But I think we will see this at some point. I'll give it a three. A three. An X three. three. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Zing! Got me. Uh, I, I I don't care. I think it's just a decade too late. <laughs> if, if that. Maybe even more. Um I, I think the story's all wrapped up. I don't see... And if they have a great story, you know, bring it. Is, That'd is be it awesome. really a decade but too late, though? Because they did release the 10-10-2 HD remaster, which would have introduced that to a new generation. I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm going to stick with my three. I just... I don't see many people, you know, clamoring for this. Um, maybe it's just an internal thing that they really want to do it, and they have a really good story. And if they do, awesome, but I just I don't see the need for it. So. Kronos? I really hope it's a zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I'm not that down on it. I loved 10, and I was even I, okay with 10-2. I love the battle I system love, in 10 too, by the way. I love 10. I love 10. I like the way 10 ended. I don't like 10 story like at all. Battle system is really good, though. It's worth like playing just for that. I don't need this story to continue. It's like... <sighs> I don't know. It just feels like it gets worse progressively, the story at least. The yeah. more they add to this. Like 13, so I'd 13 just, 2 and 13-3? <laughs> it might even be worse than that additive stuff, but the thing is it's 13 did start off very strong, so who really cared? But we'll, I mean, I think we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk soon. about that we'll in a minute. That. That's um, why we got to finish so, this up real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I could see it though, so I'll, I'll give it like a 4 or 5, but I really hope it's, I really hope this is the thing on the list It's not true. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, they'll get a new trailer, Memories. Final Fantasy 16 will announce a focal presentation scheduled for March 24th. I don't think any of the, either of those are out of the realm of possibility. I, those, yeah. those seem like normal marketing things. Final Fantasy on the online front. 11 and 14 will get Subscription Unity Project this fall. I'm amazed we don't already Ooh. have it. Uh, I've been pushing for this forever which means it's never going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they've legitimately said over and over that the payment systems just don't allow them to do that, particularly the, the way Play Online's payment system works there. We have always said, then change your payment system. Like, this isn't hard. Mm -hmm. Change your payment system. You're the ones that flag accounts for paid or not. Pull your payment system apart, put a new one in there. I'd love it to happen, I still just I think I got to be pessimistic about it, even though my heart wants it to happen and say that the, this it's just I don't think it's going to happen. I think they would have done it by now. Right. 
as like beneficial as I think it would be, you yeah. know, to give somebody on playing 14 somewhere to jump into and try out that maybe isn't me, right? I go there play for nostalgia reasons or need a break from 14, but somebody that's never played that is like, no, I'm not paying a sub for that. Okay, I'll pay four extra dollars on my 14 sub and have something to do in between patches sure. and check out. Sure. I just feel like they would have done it by now. If they thought there was that much benefit the way I do, they would have done it. I agree with you. Um, and as a standalone item, I put it at a zero. But if you tie it in with the next point... The Final Fantasy it, 11 Beginnings Rework Project for this fall? Yeah, if you tie it to that, if if the second one is true, then the first one's absolutely true. So it's like, I think I think the Reworks Project has to come first. If that is true... Well, I mean, remember there was the whole true. mobile thing that they were doing, yeah. a rework, and then that got canceled with the partner. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Um, so right now, this particular point, zero, but if the second point is true, then 10. Kronos? Uh, I'll give it a two, I guess. I mean, <laughs> just so it's not a zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it I don't think it's happen. like. I don't think it's like super outside the realm of possibility, but I feel like I do agree with y'all. I think it would have happened by now if that were the case. I hope that if they do do this, they actually fix their website and make it like easier to do things on it. Yeah, as part of this. Yeah, and obviously, I would love the rework project to be a thing too. I just feel like you know, unless they canceled that and brought all that internally and finished it off themselves, I, I just. It's one of those things that, like, that would have been perfect as last year's 20th anniversary of Vanna DL big surprise announcement, which never, never really happened. came, remember? Uh, Naoki Yoshida going to give a 14 Reborn, uh, Realm Reborn anniversary thing. Makes sense here. And then a couple mobile things. We're going to skip those. All in all, do you think the rumor itself is true? Are we getting a presentation on February 7th? And will it contain all of these goodies here, Tark? Or is this, like I said, a teenage Final Fantasy fanboy's wet dream wish list of please, Daddy Square, do this? Uh, it is absolutely a wet dream. <laughs> 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 to the point where e even I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. Um, so I will thank you never to do that on my show again. <laughs> do I think there's going to be a presentation? Yes. Yeah. Do I think this like this good list is going to be all there. No, no, no. I think Kronos, you and I are in the same boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, we, we already know Sakaguchi said they're going to announce something big, you know, square likes their presentations. Maybe uh, we'll get like it four wasn't, wasn't Sakaguchi that said that it was producer of final oh. fantasy seven. Oh, it's no more. Uh, yeah. No more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought it was Sakaguchi. For no, okay. No. Yeah. No more. Yeah. Hey, just a quick update on something we talked about last week, a dragon quest mobile thing being announced and we didn't know what it was. It is dragon quest champions. It's going to be out for iOS and Android. It's going to be a closed beta this February. The way they're billing it is a command battle RPG that you can play solo. Uh, familiar command-style battle systems, a.k.a. menu-based. Uh, players will aim to win tournaments of wisdom and courage against various enemies to become a true hero. In tournament mode, up to 50 players will battle in real time, fight fair and square, run away, or even barge your way into other people's fights, obtain the title of champion by your own method. I'm sure this won't be m aggressively monetized or pay-to-win <laughs> at all. <laughs> um 
I'm glad that you know they're putting all of the turn-based games on mobile. It really makes me happy. Yeah, that they do that. You yeah. can play it anywhere. You yeah. can play it anywhere. Yay! As long as you got a signal. Yay! All right. For and then, spoken and then they news, they can cut it off. They can cut it off in a year. Yeah, <laughs> less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> for spoken news. For spoken news. We're just a few days away from for spoken, uh, and obviously the PR campaign is starting. Uh, to wind down as we lead into the review portion. Now, here's the thing. I actually saw on Twitter today that the review embargo date is like the day before launch is when the reviews can be published, and that's fine. But the PC codes still haven't been received by people reviewing the game as of this afternoon. Now, maybe that's changed this evening, and if so, fine. But this is an open world game that they now have basically four days to review. Um, and reaching out to other streamers, there is a, a story about um, a YouTube uh, Twitch streamer that kind of lambasted Square Enix very publicly. Uh, credit to Xpooter here on the story. Milady Confetti shared details of her being offered a deal with Square Enix to make Forspoken content. And none of this is new, right? That's how a lot of this works. And if you're watching good mm -hmm. streamers, they will tell you sponsored or paid for or whatever uh, when they're playing that content. And so she quoted them. Uh, African-American woman, movie, a game with an African-American lead. She was also the one we talked about uh, a few months ago where she said she met the whole team and was a little concerned that there weren't any black writers on the team writing for a black female main character. Little weird. Well, they reached out and said, hey, you make content. She quoted some rates to them. And uh, they offered her 70% less than what she originally quoted to them. So she felt slighted, obviously, by the, you know, the the low come-in rate. She gave them the rate and they came in with 70% less. That's not you can't even negotiate at that point. Like if you go to the table yeah, that's just, that's just, and somebody comes in 70% lower, th then this just was not meant to be. I think it's just better to say no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 Square got her number, we, she doesn't share her number, at least I haven't seen it, and they said, you know, that's just way too much. She said, just thank you for your time. You know, like, why yeah. even, Why? well, here's 30% of what you asked for. Uh, and then, yeah, you're going to end up with a video like this. We're watching the trailer here. This is the PC Features trailer. And, yeah, if you plan to play this on PC, that looks dope. Awesome. All these great things. Have you seen the specs for this, Kronos? Square Enix PC strikes again. Yeah, I already saw this. Holy it's like all everybody's talking about. hell. Yeah. To get that magical 60 frames per second, you need a beast of a machine. And not just like from a year ago, like from the last six months. Yeah. Like, Here's the recommended spec. Just, yeah, yeah just for recommended. recommended. This is just the recommended PC specs. 24 gigs of RAM an RTX 3070 or better, and an SSD, and you're still only going to hit 30 frames per second. If you want to get 4K resolution and or 60 frames per second, so not 4K 60, one or the other or both, if you just want to play this at 1080 and 60 frames, 
Square Enix is suggesting that you need an RX 6800 XT or an RTX 4080, 32 gigs of RAM, and an NVMe SSD, and a pretty recent CPU. Holy balls. By the way, this thing's only going to run between 30 and 40 frames on the PS5, too. Yeah. Do, do, do all y'all have a 30, a 30 series? I, no. I have a 3090. Or no, 3080. Yeah, 3080 Ti. I have a 3070, and I feel like that's still not, not even that common. So, like, the fact that that's recommended, it's kind of... And then I still, even on top of these specs, I still don't trust it's going to run correctly. I kind of feel <laughs> like that's why the PC codes for reviewers haven't gone out yet. I just have, like, this trying to pessimistic hunch that, yeah, they're trying to shore up some performance issues on those PC. I mean, that is super high. I, I forget, I, I wish I could remember who said this on Twitter so I could give them credit, but they were like, yeah, you know, I think it was Yongye. You know, uh, I, maybe the meme now goes, yeah, but can it run Crisis? Now becomes, yeah, but can it run Forspoken? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, yeah. God. I, I, I mean, 30 series, it's like, you can get them, but like, they're still, like, I don't know, yeah. man. Most people don't have those. Most people do not. Yeah, they came out 30. like in the last two years. So like, uh, are those really that high to get yeah. just 60 frames per second? Yes. Yes, that's abs those are absolutely high if you are just looking for a 60 frames per second PC game at normal HD. You're only getting 30. The recommended or, or the, the minimums, they're, they're fine. Like As long as you're fine with playing at 30, I don't think the minimums are outrageous. They're a little higher than minimums, but we're moving forward with you know new engines, and this is their proprietary engine and stuff, so... The recommended to get just 60 frames per second being in the 40 series of graphics cards. Yeah, that's that's high, uh, along with all the other specs you need. I mean, they're going to with those specs. If people actually have like people that have those specs that this game launches and they play it and it still has bad performance, they're going to get crushed. They're going to. Yeah, they're uh, Square's going to absolutely get slaughtered if the PC performance on this is is on par with Square's PC performance. Usually, yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, also the point that, you know, knowing the frames per seconds and playing the demo, um, I'm no longer getting this day one. I'll, I'm going to wait for sale. Like when it comes down to 40, maybe I'll pick it up. But I'm I'm waiting I mean, for reviews really on this, this one hard. And I have been yes, for so a while. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting so. on reviews too. It's sad, too, because I like the open world design. I've liked the combat trailers. We've all said, you know, getting more and more interested in this as it goes along. But. I just have to step back. You own it, and you got a 6,900 XT, 64 gigs, and 50. Yeah, I mean, then you're going to be fine. But the fact that you need that to get a 60 frames per second stable performance, um, that's abnormally high. And as somebody that owns that, you should recognize that's high because your computer should just demolish everything. Everything. Everything on the market. Uh, but if you want some forespoken gear, gentlemen, you can get that. So we've got a, some of these some of these items look pretty cool. I know, I know, right? We got a denim jacket. We've got uh, t-shirts. We've got some pins. In the picture here, there's a sweatshirt, but uh, you can't actually order the sweatshirt yet. <laughs> I wasn't able to find that anywhere. There's links to everything oh, else. Oh. I just found out that sweatshirt um, was released at 1 a.m. in the morning and no one knew uh, about it. Oh, it's yeah, already yeah, sold it's out. It's already so sold out. It, it comes with the Pixel <laughs> Remaster bundle. Uh, the T-shirts, <laughs> if you if you want one of those T-shirts, those are going to run you 30 USD and up. 
If you like the look of the denim jacket, that's 110 USD and up. And if you like those little badge icons, uh, that set of four that you see in the image there, that's 30 bucks. 30 bucks. So it was immediately one of those things. Yeah, our denim jacket's still a thing. Uh, it was immediately one yeah. of those things that I was like, oh, those look pretty. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Just at least be thankful it's not on the Square Enix store. <laughs> You'd be paying double. So. <laughs> it may not be on that store, but it's typical pricing, in, in my opinion. Right. Hey, yeah. if you're a trophy hunter, though, the trophies for the Forspoken don't no. look really hard. They, they look more time-consuming. Imagine yeah. that. Square Enix gave you something grindy. Uh, not hard, just grindy. Uh, nothing I, tied to difficulty, but lots of, like, collect all of these and all of these and all of these. How much for the manhole? That's, just, <laughs> that's none like of that's your business. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's just trophies in general nowadays. Yeah. I feel like that's just Especially for open world. Like, as soon as I... When I was playing the demo and I realized that there was all these collectibles, I'm like... Yeah, that's going to be a trophy that's going to be like mind numbing. Yeah, these look, I like the look of them. I don't like the price. I don't like the price. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. I like that they're very minimalistic. You know, it's yeah. not, not ridiculous. Uh, a couple other things here. Take a look at, well, this is weird because I'm going to show you B roll, but to get the point, you actually got to hear it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. This is a modding community called uh, Suna Mods. Uh, they have fully voiced the original Final Fantasy VII in a mod form. Echo S7 mod is available uh, online. Suna Mods, T-S-U-N-A-M-O-D-S. Took the very, very long script and voiced the whole thing with uh, high-tech uh, fantastic vocal and tech quality. All the minor and main, uh, minor and major cast members are well-trained actors with fantastic voc and vocal and tech quality. Their quote, not mine. Uh, it doesn't use the original English script. They instead use the retranslation of the Japanese script that kind of cut some of the foobars in the script and or bad translations. Um, but they didn't expect this to blow up, so there's a lot more swearing than you probably remember <laughs> when you played <laughs> uh, through the original Final Fantasy VII last. So there you go. It is actually very neat. I may not be a fan of all the voices, but I am a super fan of all the work that goes into this. Yeah, I actually follow this. I've been following this for a while. Uh, there's like a uh, thing called Seventh Heaven that you can get on PC mm -hmm. that will that will mod your... Um, your Steam version. Yep. Um, and there's other stuff too, but this one's been working for a minute. I think he's even working on like higher res models and stuff too. Um, cool. Like to look more like the remake. Not like exactly the remake, but to make it look like feel more like that. And then um, you can get like hard mode stuff. There's like a, I think it's like a next level threat or something like that where you can get like harder, a harder version of the game, which is kind of fun. So, yeah, uh, no, there's not cool. going to be a C and D incoming on this one. No, this has been up for a while. Yeah, all they uh, all they Seventh, did was put voices to something that yeah. already exists. Yeah, Seventh Heavens existed for yeah a long a time, decade, <laughs> a decade at least. Yeah. So, uh, the gamer, uh, thegamer.com put together the final fan top ten Final Fantasy games with the best story. So, just narratively, the best story. Uh, I'm not going to go through. I'll give you the whole list, but we're not going to stop and talk about every single one of them. We're definitely going to talk about number one and whether you agree or not and whether your favorite is where you think it should be. Uh, Final Fantasy V comes in at number 10. Nine is, ironically, at nine. 
Final Fantasy X is at eight. Eight. Final Fantasy VI beats it out at seven. Final Fantasy IV edges that one out into the sixth spot. Final Fantasy XII comes in at five. Final Fantasy XV at four. The third spot goes to Final Fantasy VIII. Final Fantasy VII comes in at number two. And the number one spot goes to Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Cameron Miller is the author of the piece. Now that doesn't mean you know, I don't know how the gamers lists work, but like on MMO Bomb, we collaboratively do most lists. Every once in a while, an author will just post one. But we collaboratively do lists, and then obviously there's just one author's name on it. I don't know if that's the case. If Cameron, this is just Cameron's personal ten list, or huh? Ah, Kronos, what do you think of number thirteen in the number? Let oh. me let me say something first. I don't because <laughs> yeah, obviously you want me to go first because uh, yeah, I don't ahead. like thirteen the whole series as a game. As a story, I actually thought it was pretty damn good. Just the game isn't a lot of fun. The, the series of games aren't a lot of fun. And there are some MacGuffins and ha-ha, big baddie you didn't know was behind the scenes moments, typical Final Fantasy tropes. Yeah. But I didn't think it was a terrible story. I would never put it at number one. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Hasn't even cracked my top five. <laughs> I I don't know if like uh, if I consider any Final Fantasy story that bad. Probably some of the older ones, just because they're like kind of basic and really, it's more nostalgic than anything, than more like deep. Some of these I think are really low. I think honestly, like Final Fantasy V being like right at ten, it probably makes sense. Um, but like when you get down to it, yeah, like thirteen. I don't know, man. I don't like my stories to have like extra reading material that I have to like go out of my way to even like understand what the hell's going on. Also, like I feel like with the way he's ordered it. Has he played the end of these games? Because some of the ones he has high, I feel like the endings are kind of like Final Fantasy. Uh, uh, Final like Fantasy eight? Fifteen being at four. So I like well, Final Fantasy Fifteen. I, story, I did too, but, but it's just not number four. It just is. No, it's not. I, I don't think so either. Final Fantasy Eight being that high. Okay, look, Final Fantasy Eight disc one, amazing. Yep, you play like the first disc of story. All it's super the way, intriguing. There's a lot going on all the way up until the assassination attempt on Adia scene. Yeah, and after then it's just, disc one, that. It goes off the rails. Also, uh, you know, Tark might get mad at me. Final Fantasy IV, I love Final Fantasy IV. I think the first 80% of the story is awesome. When we start getting about moon whales and moon people, and like, it gets, it gets really off the rails. And I, I love four. I like four a lot. Uh, even seven can get kind of confusing at times. They all have flaws. But 13 being this high is just weird to me. But again, it's their opinion. I'm not, you know, like, we can... I argue about this stuff with my friends all the time, and it's oh, more yeah. fun than I anything. mean, but their opinion um, is flat out wrong like it's just <laughs> i mean it's just you can like, say it's a, there's no fence sitting on this one to count like I, I, I mean, it's just wrong I, yeah i mean yeah. like to me it's wrong yeah for sure yeah Go Kronos, ahead, you're you're a marvel person this is like saying captain marvel is the best mcu movie okay it's not it's just not it, you can have an opinion but that opinion is wrong and and oh my goodness can i get my top five yeah go ahead <laughs> okay number five final fantasy four i'm biased Yes, I love it, and I think it's awesome. But, but right now, you're just rating flat-out story. No other, story. no just systems, story. graphics, nothing, just story. Just story. Just story. 
So at number four, Final Fantasy VI. I think the the Empire struggle. Yes, it's tired out, but uh, I thought it was awesome. Kefka destroying the world, all the little nuances with all the different character stories. Awesome. Uh, Final Fantasy XII is number three. Uh, I felt the political intrigue really had me gripped, and I, I love that game for its story. Final Fantasy VII sits at number two. Uh, it's just an all-time great. Uh, and then number one is Final Fantasy X. I, I, the, the journey, the interactions, the, the twists with Seymour um, and the religion in there, it, it, it will always hold a special memory for me if, as far as its story. So that's my top five. See, I would look at your list and go, what you said, Kronos, I don't agree, but I don't think he's that far off the mark either. Like, there's one that you put on there that probably doesn't make my top five, and that is 12. As much as I did like the political intrigue, I thought it was really sloppily and lazily done. It was like somebody, to me, writing a political intrigue story that really hadn't experienced or researched political intrigue. Not that it was okay. bad, it just wouldn't cross my top five. Um, and my order might change for, for you, uh, in the top five, but I agree. I'm not going to put them in spots, but I agree with you. Final Fantasy six goes there. Final Fantasy four goes there. Final Fantasy seven goes there. Final Fantasy 10 goes there. So the only question is like, what do I put in the spot? Not necessarily the exact spot, but in that top 10 list that isn't 12 without, I'm assuming the MMOs weren't allowed to be on this list because of convoluted and multiple storylines. Uh, multiple main storylines in those and and evolving and evolving storylines yeah so i probably jump in and i i do bring final fantasy 5 up into those top 5 5 has a great story but because it's lack of a release here until much much later it's mm-hmm. i think it's uh, underappreciated I, I i assume they're not even counting sequels either right i would yeah, assume that they, they would assume. I, Honestly, I think if you count ten two, it kind of brings ten down a bit. But I, I love to if you just take ten standalone yeah. and pretend that I, yeah. that doesn't exist. I think ten probably is number one. Uh, seven is probably my number two, followed by like six. Then it gets kind of like dicey. I think after that, I'm not a big twelve fan. I think they missed the mark in some ways. Kind of similar to Mike. I like a lot of parts of it. I like the world. I like the judges. I think it's really cool. But I think they just like don't use enough of it to make it interesting and. There are characters I just find absurdly annoying. Um, so after that, I don't know. Like fifteen might be like my number five because I probably might put fifteen. I think 15. is just outside for me. I think it falls in at six yeah. or seven. Because because I, I think just purely story. If you just take the story from fifteen, I actually find it pretty intriguing. I know some stuff gets convoluted though, for sure. And there's some extracurricular stuff in that as well, which I don't 100%, really appreciate. Yeah. So, but I think the top three for me are like. I don't think I can move them. If they nine, tactics, nine might be up there too. Would tactics be in your top five? Oh, oh okay. Hold on. If we're yeah, no, 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 Oh yeah, I totally. You know what? I would, I would bring nine in. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about nine. Thank you, Takel. Yeah, nine or or whoever said nine. I totally spaced on nine. I would replace twelve with nine. I loved nine story. Story. There were, I, I think that might be my problem. I've never really played nine, so yeah. And again, just story here. Not it's not one of my favorite Final Fantasies oh, overall. Well, yeah, but if, if we were going wise, like 
if it was overall 15 wouldn't even like breathe into oh, the yeah, top five yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah hey uh last bit and then we'll go do love it or leave it and call it a day i got something special for you boys i brought it here just for you laura croft's manor now available in power wash simulator Go all over Croft Manor, cleaning stuff up, cleaning artifacts, and hearing that satisfying ding for an IP that Square Enix has nothing to do with anymore. (laughs) It's now added to Square's Power Wash. Oh, look at that. January 31st. You'll be able to catch that in a little over a week. Tark just shaking his head at me for adding hey, it to you, the show notes. You shake your head, but if you look at the Steam reviews for this game, it's probably oh, better I than just, most it, of their games. I'm absolutely <laughs> dumbfounded by this. Like, it's, it's I might have ASMR to get this and stream it here on some point. So weird. I might have to get this and stream it on here at some point. So weird. Let's head over and do uh, Love It or Leave It. <laughs> I bumped two sound effects there. Uh, so <laughs> you, you gentlemen can't hear it, but that would have been uh, cheering and crickets at the same time. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so those of uh, you listening on the podcast versions, that was for you. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. You tell me whether you love it, want more of it, or leave it. Cast it aside, never see it again, and I get to pick the topic. And today, gentlemen, I want you to pick one of each. From the rumors we discussions we uh, talked about up above here, Regardless of whether you think it's a zero or a ten as far as it's happening, looking at the list, what is the rumored game that you absolutely love and needs to happen for you? And the rumored game that just nope, leave it, set it aside. Go ahead, Tark. Uh the one I would love would be Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi presents Final Fantasy IX remake. Um, not only just for the remake, but Sakaguchi presenting it really kind of coming back. Like getting the blessing, Enix. yeah. Yeah, getting the blessing, kind of being, you know, maybe be part of it as well. Because we know he's been playing 14, and he wants to actually work with Yoshi P. Um, Seeing him come back after being really away for so long, um, I I really want this one to be true, so this is my love it. As far as my leave it, I I think you could kind of guess it was 10-3. Like, I could care less. I just, it's whatever. Kronos. Yeah, ten thirty is my leave it for sure. Uh, uh, spoiler, it's mine any, too. Anything. Uh, I I want to say that the rumor I love is the War of the Lions, uh, but I'm gonna be really pissed if it's not a tactical game. No, it makes sense. But I'm gonna I'm, sense. but I'm gonna stick with that. I just hope that it is a tactical game. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm gonna go with love it. Final Fantasy IX remake. I you know, and I think we're definitely getting that. There's just too many things over the last two years that point to it. It's just will it will it be this fall or not? That's the part for me that's up in the air. I love that one. To be different, obviously, I'm not I'm not super keen on a 10-3, but I would play it. I didn't mind 10-2 to the extent a lot of people do. I actually found like the dress Whoa. system com- compelling. You didn't say who would buy it because I'm sure all three of us. Would buy oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, we the leave this, it? We've talked about this before. I know, I know. The leave <laughs> it. The leave it for me would be uh, the World of Final Fantasy two. I loved World of Final Fantasy, and I would buy a World of Final Fantasy two. Let's not pretend that I wouldn't. I didn't like Lon. I didn't like Rain. And honestly, I just feel like that's that's not needed. You got a whole plate. This year is packed already for Square. If any of these are true, it just further packs the plate, and I think that one could go if I needed to leave one. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Now, Faye is going to be streaming. She's going to be doing some, uh, I believe it's Icewind Dale. 
uh, Baldur's Gate, whatever. I don't know. Something like that. She was doing it uh, this past week. So she will be live. Give us, a, give us a few minutes. Chat, don't go anywhere. We'll move things over and get Faye live here. We'll be back, of course, next week with another episode of Relic Grind. Until then, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Uh, same as always, Twitter. I'm going to be enjoying football this weekend, hopefully. And, um, yeah, Cowboys? Ultimate comes out on Tuesday. Yeah, definitely rooting for the Cowboys. Actually, I probably will be rooting for the Cowboys. Um, sad as that is. Tark. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming. And to the one person that put a bin on my house, damn you. Damn you. Now I have a 50-50 <laughs> chance. So sad. <sighs> sad face. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man 1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast, whether it's this one, Gaming Gumbo, or any of our streams. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. Get off my lawn. Your lawn if you don't legally own it. Fine, damn it. Ha, ha, ha.